0: Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy?
1: Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler. Today, we're going to talk about Season four, episode 11, made for each other, which aired November 23rd, 1973, and is available to watch on Paramount Plus. We open the episode. Yes. Hey. With... Hey. Oh, sorry. Hey. I got God. something to say. Yes. Who wrote the episode, Garrett?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked that, Ted, because um, I think it's a lady. It is a lady, but it also is a. Uh, There is a writing credit on this episode, I'll say, but it is also, I think, something of a mystery. It is the first example of a writing credit that really has me stumped. All right. First of all, yes, it is credited to a Marlene Barr. Um, But when I looked up Miss Barr, I found only two credits for her on all of IMDb.
1: This and Al. One
2: is is the writer of this yes episode and the other is as a apparently a very small acting role on alf as the cashier on alf the, why do you keep saying alf <laughs> i
1: don't know i'm thinking of a <laughs> random show to reference
2: no this is much more not even a show a oh. really random movie that yeah. i'm sure comedy fans out there will recognize and some have seen it i have not seen it but are you familiar with the 1978 Billy Crystal movie vehicle called Rabbit Test?
1: I, yes. Isn't that based on Joan Rivers something?
2: Joan Rivers actually wrote and directed it. it yeah. is, I believe her only written and directed film feature about a pregnant man played by the up and coming star Billy Crystal. I've at never the time. seen it. I believe it was not successful. And. Uh, maybe, which is why Billy Crystal had took another 10 years before he while well, he was still up and coming. Um, I'm curious if anyone out there has seen Rabbit Test and, know, and can recognize the actress who plays the quote cashier, which I assume is not a leading role. Because if all this person has on their entire uh, resume is one teleplay for a major network show, by the way, without any history and then a random cameo in a, on a movie. I just, there is clearly more to this story. And maybe this person's other credits just, you know, never got recorded did you in
1: IMDB. Google Marle- Marlene. Barr's... I Googled
2: various reference. I uh, various variations of the name. Wait,
1: what about Marlene Bar's pseudonym? He <laughs> did well, not. I
2: never, I never thought of, of doing it that uh, plainly, but. Uh, Cause. Uh, I but Sometime- i do believe i do well that's my theory uh, as you are anticipating is that this is a pseudonym of a perhaps more well-known perhaps a well-known actress maybe like i had one fear i have is that is it penny marshall you know writing her first uh, screenplay under a, a different name uh but i have not found any other instance of the name Arlene bard being used as a, as a does
1: pseudonym. the 25th anniversary book
2: no they they have no comment on they just they state the credit as it is
1: and it you says, looked at the rip uh, stock book too and he does i really don't no, i
2: don't have the other books on
1: me oh um well i just quickly took a look at the other two books we have the rip stock book and the uh book by bob lizak with and there's and it just as you say mentions the credit but Nothing about her. Yeah. So
2: there is. I did find a uh, an author named Marlene Barr who writes currently as a scholar of of feminist science fiction. Uh, where I'm tempted to believe it's the same person, but How I don't think is, her is... age. I can't. I couldn't determine it. But if she's active now, she seems like a, m- a middle aged academic now. And I so I don't think she would have been well, as active as in the television industry in the early '70s.
1: I predict someone on the Facebook page will know something will we'll reveal i am marlene yes. bar or well I, I, that would be nice but more likely they'll have some information on her maybe that
2: would be nice because so, this
1: is a pretty i mean this is a good episode and and i think a someone no-
2: should be notable episode creditor,
1: yes it's odd that that it's written by someone who does nothing else after that
2: my other theory is that it's a man uh a pseudonym for a male writer trying to um make I don't know why they would. They probably would not be sensitive to this at the time because this deals with gender stereotypes to some degree. And I don't know. Maybe that's possible, but uh,
1: it's it, it, so to give it credibility,
2: more credibility that it's not a male writer. You know, yeah
1: that um, does not to make sense, man, sense at all.
2: So, or just someone who got lucky on their first uh, <laughs> teleplay and then quit, or unfortunately met with an unfortunate end. I, I hate the thing. Uh-huh. But or someone who's a friend of John Rivers. I don't know.
1: All right. So now we'll talk about the episode. Yes.
2: Yes, I'm okay with that.
1: Uh, we open on stock footage of New York, of a rainy New York City street, and the first thing we see is Murray eating a piece of pizza, very, very quickly, with funny expressions on his face, uh, in Oscar's office. Then we cut to an African American man, a heavyset man. For some reason, he's wearing a newspaper fashion into a sailor's hat on his head. Do One of know? those
2: like folded. Well, that's like an old trick is to fold a newspaper into a little hat, you know.
1: So there's no reason that means nothing, right?
2: I, well, they work at a newspaper. Maybe that's something people like to do when they work at a newspaper. I don't know. Maybe All right.
1: it seems very random.
2: They're having some kind of fun contest pizza eating contest apparently so but the others don't have hats
1: exactly it seems very random with no reference or right, right? you felt the same way
2: uh, I did not spend much time noticing it but it is a little right. random
1: yeah. he's also eating pizza very fast he's got one pizza piece of pizza in each hand now he looks familiar to me he's not credited but I feel like I've seen him bef- either he's coming up with later on couples and I just can't make the connection. Or I've seen him as some random extra in some other show, I, but I don't yeah, think I watched it. I didn't shows.
2: recognize him, but they did have this small company of walk-on, extra, no, no dialogue extras.
1: So I think we see him somewhere in the future, yeah. and I'm just not remembering it now. Uh, Oscar is staring at this man eating the pizza fast. And then the fourth man says, okay, guys, a half minute to go. He picks up an empty pizza box from where they're eating pizza, and he puts it on a giant stack of empty boxes behind him. he says yes indeed here hey oscar's leading but leon is catching up leon is the african-american man now we had you and i had a little back and forth on this this man saying these things he's credited the character's name or or designation is crony (laughs) so he doesn't get much of a credit now in imdb and this is what i thought and I thought this was interesting, you, and you found out, because from personal knowledge, you'll tell us in a moment, this is not true. It credits him and I am to be as a guy named Robert Lewis, who was one of the founding fathers of the actor studio and the Stanislavski method style of acting, which we just heard about in Felix Directs, and a noted Broadway director. But you saw this in my notes, which you read this time. Yeah, said, yes, no, thing I I, did too. I know this guy, and this is not him. You want to tell us how you know? Yeah, you know. I don't know Bobby
2: Lewis, per, didn't know Bobby Lewis personally. Now you call
1: him Bobby, because yeah, I call well, him Robert. You know, to his like, de, like De Niro, you call De Niro Bobby. Yeah, to, And I to call him Mr. Friends. De Niro, sure. yeah.
2: Um, uh, well, this is, I think the fact that he was known as Bobby Lewis is part of the confusion here, uh, as we'll see. Uh, so yes, the this, well, I mean, let's just cut to the chase for a second. That if you, IMDB got this wrong.
1: Yeah, the then end credits you, say it's a guy named Buddy Lewis. And Buddy, Buddy Lewis right. is in another odd couple playing the bailiff in the dog story. Right. And I went to look and that is the guy. I looked at pictures of Robert Lewis and the only ones I could find were very 40, early 40s and 50s. Yeah. And I, I thought, okay, that guy could look like well, this guy.
2: And it's funny, like I was intrigued because for I think I was, I was looking this up on IMD even before I watched it. And I saw the Robert Lewis thing and that really intrigued me. Cause I had never seen him. I was not aware of him. He was, he began as an actor on the stage and I was aware maybe did some bit parts in Hollywood, but by the seventies, he was actually one of the lead act teachers of the Yale school of drama. So I did not uh, think it likely that he was out in Hollywood doing bit parts on sitcoms, uh, but it was not impossible. Uh, but then as soon as he showed up on screen, I go, that's not Bobby Lewis. Uh, and how do you so- know that? <laughs> you sir are no Bobby Lewis I said to the screen um but because I've know- seen him in documentaries yeah. I've seen him uh, ah, okay I, I've uh if he's you, you can find interviews with him pretty easily uh online and he was a very colorful character but he was not that colorful character and uh and so the but the fact that he is in the closing credits on tv said to be Buddy Lewis that should have been the uh the final word on this but i think someone in the transcription to imdb confused buddy with bobby and then if you look up bobby lewis you might find you get you do
1: i think you do this guy so i'm going to correct i'm going to put in a correction oh let's let's do that
2: yeah
1: so uh oscar says um that's not fair he's not eating the crust referring to leon The crony says, Leon, eat the crust. Leon starts eating the crust. Now the crony says, Murray, you've got cheese on your nose. Now, Murray tilts his head back, trying to look at the cheese on his nose. The crony takes a napkin, wipes off the cheese, and says, eat, five, four, three, two, one, that's it. Oscar sees Leon taking a bite after the clock and says, okay, no, 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 not fair. What he's chewing now doesn't count. The crony says, okay, okay, the official results, Oscar wins leon to murray shows leon stands up apparently upset that he lost and he leaves the room oscar calls him a sore loser at this point poor, felix, poor leon i mean i know they just
2: humiliate this guy with the funny hat and yeah any lines and giving lines
1: and which must be why he gets no credit because he has no lines yeah uh at this point oscar i mean felix walks in and he's wearing rain gear uh he sees the content very felix rain gear right it's not the I, I think we've seen him before with the
2: actual plastic cover yes. for the hat. Yeah. But this is kind of like a gray, uh, similar kind of very <laughs> of its time style matching raincoat and hat. Yeah.
1: He sees the contest. He has a mad look on his face. Murray says that he wants a return match with cottage cheese. I'm supposed to be on a diet. Does Who has
2: means- cottage cheese on their pizza? I never heard well, of that. I.
1: Th- nah. I think he means just eating cottage cheese, maybe not mm. eating pizza. Oh, with cottage cheese. That's oh, okay. what I thought. At first yeah. I thought what you thought. And then I thought, no, I think he just means cottage cheese in general. Okay. Uh, the crony hands a pizza box with a bow on it to Oscar saying, and now a bonus for the winner. One pizza with everything on it. Murray applauds while Oscar holds his stomach for a moment and says, I think I better frame it. Felix angrily says, what is this? The w- wide world of gluttony? Oscar says, fun's over fellas. Murray says, oh, hi Felix. Hey, you really missed it. You should have seen Oscar eating up all those pizzas. Felix says, I've seen it. I've heard it. I've cleaned it up. You've got cheese on your nose. Murray wipes his nose with a handkerchief. Felix is holding a picnic basket and he puts it on Oscar's desk. Oscar asks, what did you do? Bring me a puppy? Felix kicks newspapers on Oscar's floor and says a dog wouldn't go out on a night like this. Now, I do want to say, because we we see a lot of references, there is a famous scene from The Honeymooners. Honeymooners, right. Where Oscar, where, <laughs> Oscar, where Ralph takes that yeah. line and, and mixes it up. It's a very long joke. <laughs> well, he, he, he mixes it up as the punchline of the joke, but he tells the joke incredibly poorly. And it's a, one of the best scenes it's where he says, I wouldn't send out a dog on a night like this.
2: I wouldn't send out a yeah, night, like a dog a night or... out a
1: dog like this. Sorry. hey <laughs> I, I, like like... I, yeah, I did. I did the actual line. He changes. That. I wouldn't <laughs> send a night out on a dog yeah, like this. Right. I, that's I was wondering where I'd heard that before. Yes. Right? Now, I don't know. <laughs> I have a feeling given that we know Honeymooners, odd uh, couple of people love Honeymooners. Yeah. I have a feeling that while they didn't use the joke, they didn't use that line intentionally. They must have realized or remembered, assuming the Honeymooners was that in syndication by then, which I guess it was, um, they must have remembered that that was a big Honeymooners thing. Uh, Oscar says, look, fellas, he's paper trained. They all laugh, except Felix, who looks annoyed and says, very funny. He lifts a plate out of the basket, and Oscar asks what it is. Felix says, it's your ex-dinner that I cooked for you that you didn't come home to eat. Oscar is embarrassed by this and says, don't do that in front of the guys. Felix says, I want the guys to know how this good food burned to death because you didn't come home. The crony says to Murray, boy, that Oscar sure has an uppity cook. Murray says, no, that's his roommate. They're having a 602 domestic squabble. We better go.
2: <laughs>
1: crony says, I think you're right. So long, Oscar. Oscar says, wait, wait, fellas, I got plenty of, and he doesn't finish the sentence. I assume he's going to say pizza. And the crony says, no, no, I don't think the Galloping Gourmet would like it. Murray says, so long, champ. And they both leave. For those of you who don't know, the Galloping Gourmet was a British TV chef named Graham Kerr, who had a show from 1968 to 1973 that was taped in Canada. That name, The Galloping Gourmet, came from a book he wrote in which he and another chef traveled around the world for 35 days eating at top restaurants. And it was a very lively show. I watched some clips of it, um, and he was just always bouncing around and very more of a talk show host than a chef. It was a worldwide hit. He was called the Liberace of food by other chefs, which was not a positive statement because <laughs> uh, he was criticized as having very, very little respect for food and the show would have gone on, but he had some health issues and that's why the show ended. Not because of uh, popularity. Cause it was very popular. All right. From there after. Can I just say before you go on. Yes. Uh,
2: before we leave the scene.
1: Well, we're about to play a clip from the scene.
2: Well, before we go to the clip. Yes. Um, did, what did you make of the, the context for this contest um is this like they never explain like is this something the people at the office do because murray's involved he doesn't work at the paper is this sponsored by the pizza no i I,
1: to me this is who are these
2: people i
1: I say the crony works at the paper he's one of many jobs and leon is a print is a, uh, he struck me as an operator of the presses. For they dress reason.
2: him as yes. in work clothes.
1: Like yes. Uh, and that Murray knows the gang and either spontaneously, or if I'm going to do a backstory on this <laughs> spontaneously or planned the crony, I imagine the crony organizing a, Hey, let's see who can eat the most pizzas. Cause he notices all three of these people eat a lot of pizza. Hmm. And he says, let's, let's have a but contest. purely
2: with no self-interest. He is doing it purely for the, um, for the of others
1: yes that's <laughs> right there's no reason for that guy to, so here's what i thought about why it could have been robert lewis right I, in my head robert lewis fell on hard times in the 70s <laughs> he was a very well-known guy he somehow knew tony randall and tony mm-hmm. randall gave him a awesome. break yeah. by deciding to give him a part of this scene right. so he could right. be in sag or something
2: right which we have seen clugman and randall seem to give jobs to friends because there is Uh, no
1: point for that character to be there really except to narrate it but uh...
2: but alas it was whether or not it's possible klugman and randall knew the bobby lewis uh although neither studied at the actor studio the randall studied with another old uh group theater actor studio type sandy meisner uh, one of the other great acting teachers of that
1: era. And of course I would call him Sanford Meisner because I yes. don't know him as well. But as to we his
2: friends, I, I would yes. say Sandy. Uh, so uh, Randall did study with Sanford Meisner and uh, probably knew Bobby Lewis through that. But alas, it was not to be. Uh, I thought this crony guy was actually reminding me more of Lloyd, the insurance. Yes, aide.
1: he does look. In fact, oh, it's so funny you say that. Mm-hmm. So when I was looking up Buddy Lewis,
2: right,
1: it said it's in the dog story. So I went to my Paramount Plus account to look at the dog story. And it was on the scene where I had previously looked up where Lloyd was.
2: Because this is the wonder
1: dog. Yes. So Lloyd, the character actor who played Lloyd and Buddy Lewis are seconds apart from each other in the (laughs) dog story. (laughs) Yes. And when I saw Lloyd sitting, standing there, he's Oscar's lawyer. I said, oh, that's Buddy. No, wait a second. That can't be Buddy Lewis. We just referred to this guy. Yeah. And then I realized, no, it's a second later. It's a guy who looks, he does look like him. You're <laughs> right. It's so funny. Sure. Yes. <laughs> they have that same sort of face and the hairline. And the way they uh, talk. Yeah. The way they talk. So you're right. It's very, he's very much like that person. Uh, so yeah. So that's my take on this. It's like a, it's like a kind of something you do at work when you're right. done with the day. And-
2: but basically the, the reason it's happening is we need to establish that Oscar is, is as usual, uh, murdering his stomach. Exactly. Bad eating. Yeah.
1: And then from that line about the galloping gourmet, we get this quote.
3: You embarrass me like that, coming down here with a basket like Little
0: Red Riding Hood. Do you know what time it is?
3: It is 9.32.
0: So what? You ah. said you'd be home at 6.30. So I couldn't make it. What's the big deal? Does it mean nothing to you that I slave to give you a decent meal? <laughs> All right, I'll eat it. You can't eat it. It's burned. Then why'd you bring it down? To here? teach you a lesson. <laughs> I don't need a demonstration meal. I'm not five years old. Look at this. What is this? What? 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 I'll tell you what it is. You're upsetting my stomach. That's what it is. I'm upsetting you. The nerve of the man. He eats the leaning tower of pizza. And he plays. Oh, Oh, the whole thing's a joke. I just, I'm crazy. Too. It doesn't matter what I eat or when I eat it. It's when you aggravate me that it acts up. Forgive me. Yeah. It's all my that fault. It is your fault. I'm to blame. Good. I'm the scapegoat. All right, from now on, we'll do things your way. You'll cook for yourself. You'll wash for yourself. You'll clean up for yourself. You won't have Felix Hunger to push around anymore.
4: <laughs> One attitude.
0: Work your heart out when they appreciate it. They appreciate it. They are
1: nothing and they do nothing. So at the end, when he says Bon Appetit, I think he brings out a little rose. Oh, you yeah, know? he brought even the
2: little flower for the dinner table in the basket. Yeah.
1: So after the credits, we see Oscar in his undershirt in the kitchen making some sort of dish that he narrates for our sake, the audience. He says, and a few potato chips finally ground. And we see him putting potato chips into a big bowl of lettuce. Some kidney beans. There we go. A few lima beans and garbanzo beans. And we see a close-up of the bowl now, which has all these foods in it. A little green peppers. There we go. Some ketchup. He singsongingly says. Audience, you can hear them a bit aghast at what this yeah. <laughs> meal is becoming. Need something yellow. He grabs a banana, which he places <laughs> on top whole. Oscar smiles and sees. see, see I now think
2: groans from the audience at that. Yeah.
1: Yes. He sees, he says, see now that's a nourishing breakfast. And that is a, that's a switcheroo, <laughs> as you would say, yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were caught off guard, not knowing this was a breakfast meal. Cause they seem surprised <laughs> yeah. as did I, I did not remember it was breakfast. Uh, he then goes to the oven. He pulls the bowl. He puts the bowl in the oven and he takes out a dress shirt that he says looks dry because he is drying his dress shirt in the oven it's still hot as he puts it on and says, ooh, nice and warm. He turns around to get something from the refrigerator and we see the shelf marks from the shelf of the oven <laughs> on the back of the shirt. Yeah. He takes out a sandwich from the refrigerator and eats it and the audience is in hysterics.
2: Yeah. This is like, it is kind of a great pile on of like how Oscar would live if he really was living a bachelor
1: totally. Or, un- or when he did. Listen to me, a bachelor.
2: bachelor. I mean, when, he, right, when he's on his own, unfettered. Yeah.
1: We have a new scene, it's the same, same, it's a, a little bit later in the in the scene, but it's a cut to a new scene where Oscar's washing dishes in the kitchen sink. Felix comes in, Oscar says the kitchen will be his in a couple minutes. Oscar pulls out a sock from the sink and then he leaves. Felix is annoyed, he picks up the sock and finds a spoon in it. And there's more hysterical laughter, which I'm just gonna play. It's like 47 <laughs> seconds yeah, yeah. of laughter. And this is the second. Second sequence of this laughter.
3: Hey, that looks dry. Ooh, nice and warm.
0: I'll be through in a couple of minutes. Kitchen will be all yours.
1: Now, I'm going to revisit an old sore subject, but this is why season one sucks because all it has is that. Horrible canned yes, laughter that right, makes right. that enhances nothing. And right. while it may be a little annoying that the audience is laughing harder than we are, I mean, I'm enjoying the scene, but not as yeah. much. There's still something I think enhancing or entertaining by hearing the audience, who you know is Absolutely. seeing everything for the first time, enjoy it.
2: Yeah, they and this audience is definitely <laughs> a good one.
1: They're really into it. Yeah. Uh, so we have a new scene. Felix has prepared himself dinner. Uh, he's uncorking some wine. He smells the cork, and he seems pleased. He pours the wine. We see he has prepared a steak and baked potato, which looks pretty good. I think it was a porterhouse, if I remember right.
2: Well, I'm impressed, sir. I I could not identify the cut of meat uh, quite
1: so. He sits down. He puts his napkin on his lap. There's a candle that he's about to light. He smells the wine. He takes a sip. Now Oscar comes bursting in, and he puts a paper bag on the table. And (laughs) let's hear what happens next.
4: Hey, old buddy, you
3: do
0: it. What new heights of masochism have you planned for tonight? Chili dogs, burritos, and enchiladas, and for dessert, a chocolate fudgicle. Set a match to you, and you'd go off like the Hindenburg. Don't you know you can't eat food like that one after the other? I know. That's why I'm going to make a stew out of it.
4: See? <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm.
0: Stew. Yep. Slobbers board.
4: <laughs> Do me a favor.
0: What? At least, at least use a placemat. I intend to. I intend to. <laughs> Afraid that the food sitting there like that, all the vitamins will go out. Oh, try it. You'll love take it, it. Take it off, that Take it off, that lady, I? I don't want my food playing with your food. Boys, it won't kill you, you know. Oh, Oscar, I can't stand this. I can't. It's gone on for two weeks now. We have to talk. Don't start again now. I'm getting so nervous. I think I'm getting an ulcer. It's all that bland food. Will you try a burrito, please? It's worrying about you. Don't you know what's going on in your stomach right this minute? Your ulcer is saying it's so hot down here, when's he gonna eat the fudge sickle? Venus, if you didn't
3: aggravate me, I wouldn't have a talking ulcer. I feel just great. I want to say, look out! Here comes the hot stuff.
4: I
0: can't watch this. I can't watch I'm gonna I mean, eat in my room. it may surprise you to know that I know how to take better care of me than you do. When you have an attack, and you're lying there unconscious. Don't yell for me. I won't, cause you're the one who'll be sick. You're the one who always takes all the pills. You're the one who derives nourishment from nose drugs. I'm fit as a fiddle, boy. Okay. <laughs> oh. Operator, give
3: me the hospital. Oh,
4: of course it's an emergency. Listen to this.
1: So a couple of things about this episode. I I think I learned what an ulcer was from the odd couple. I don't yeah, think I ever sure I understood yeah. that term. As someone who's recently started a kind of a low-carb diet to try to lose weight, I don't understand how Tony, uh, Jack Klugman in real life, who I believe probably eats like this, or Oscar Madison, can eat like this and not get fat? Like he's not. <laughs> he's kind of in relatively yeah. regular shape, yeah. and I don't yeah. get it. It's, it's funny.
2: You no, know, Gary Marshall actually confirms. Uh, uh, I think in his memoir that uh, he always noticed that they were most like their characters whenever he ate with them.
1: Oh, interesting. That
2: Felix was not only was a gourmet, was definitely a gourmet. Was very into the menu and you mean into Tony.
1: Tony, sorry, said, yeah. and
2: uh, yes, and Jack. He said Jack Clegmond would eat anything.
1: So some visuals in that scene, when Oscar says he intends to, he takes to use a placemat, he tears the paper bag that he brought the food <laughs> I
2: love that, and I know that in and my he, life, I have done that, inspired by Oscar.
1: <laughs> so he takes half of it and uses a placemat. When Felix goes to the room, he brings the lit candle with him, which the audience does laugh at. And after Felix leave, Oscar bends over in pain, and he, that's why he calls the operator. And when he says, listen to this, To the operator, he holds the phone to his stomach.
2: So that they they can hear, as Felix said, his organs yelling at each other.
1: So we have a new scene. We have the exterior of a hospital, which I'm pretty sure is an L.A. hospital. I don't think that's a New York hospital. We see Oscar in a hospital bed trying to sleep. He's got his hands clasped on his stomach. The door opens. Felix walks in. And before he goes to Oscar, he goes to the bed of his roommate who's essentially in a full body cast. <laughs> the man's foot is resting elevated on a sling, but it's kind of halfway on off the sling. Felix goes over to try to put it more fully on the sling, which is weird. It is weird to go right, well, to a stranger in a body cast and touch them.
2: <laughs> well, I guess only because you know Felix thinks he's a doctor.
1: And the man makes this that. noise when that happens.
2: He's <laughs> gonna fall.
1: Um, so he now goes over to Oscar's bed and he looks at Oscar's chart. By the way, that noise to me reminds me of like the haunted mansion at Digital. <laughs> oh,
2: I see. Uh yeah, it does a little. I think it's and it comes up again. That's uh yeah. you'll
1: say I I think he's
2: really funny. That guy, even though that's all he does. He's completely I wonder who it is. He's not credited, he's bandaged up, and all he has to do is go, uh
1: he um. He goes over Oscar's bed. He looks at Oscar's chart. He reacts, like you say, as if he's a doctor and knows what he's looking at. And he whistles as if he's seeing something bad. He puts the chart back. He says Oscar's name's twice, but Oscar does not respond. He puts his hand on top of each other to press on Oscar's stomach like a doctor would do. And now Oscar wakes up. And here's what happens from there.
3: What are you doing to Is that her? Yeah. Felix, I've been probed and tested all night. I'm bored. And when I'm bored, I get tense. When I get tense, my ulcer acts up. Why don't you watch television? I can't. That guy's foot is in my way.
0: I wanna get out of here. See what I can do, but I think you belong here. What? Well, look at yourself. Look at that pallet. Hey, oh. Here comes a cute nurse. Pinch my cheeks. Pinch my cheeks. I want to be cute. <laughs>
5: Nice yeah, I feel
0: cute too. Hey, listen, what are you doing between transfusions?
3: Oh, taking temperatures, fooling around with the doctors. You know, the usual. <laughs> do they actually do that? Hello, Oscar. How are you feeling? Hello, Dr. Gordon. Oh, hello, under
0: What's with the cups here? Well, it looks like a joke trick from a magic shop. <laughs> oh, is this baby food, dog? I can believe it. Eat your food.
3: Good bedside manner, hunger. God, this chocolate pudding tastes funny. It should. It's strained liver. They feed people on Devil's Island better than this. Well, if you don't want it, I'll eat it. I haven't eaten at all. I'm starved. I've been up since four. Doctor, may I uh may I consult with you privately? You can consult with me, but I'm not going to split my feet.
0: Oscar has a marked
3: tenderness in the upper abdominal region here. Really? You noticed that, too? Yeah. And I read his chart. Making rounds now, Unger? <laughs> you are a natural-born doctor. Be that
0: as it may, I'd uh,
3: like your opinion.
0: Keep your voice down.
3: I don't want to no alarm, Oscar. What is your prognosis? Well, about ulcers, most of my colleagues recommend surgery. Surgery? What? <laughs> but of course, in Oscar's case, it wouldn't be necessary. I recommend rest and a proper diet. Mm-hmm. You think you'd be better off at home under my supervision? Uh-huh. Hunger, in the world of ulcers, you're what's known as a carrier. <laughs> find somebody else to keep him away from the wrong foods i'd send him home yeah. i've got an idea let me talk <laughs> see you later oscar okay doc if you're still here <laughs> wait mean minute i'm still here i mean where where am i going to be
0: <laughs> you're going to be fine you're going to be fine now awesome dr and I have had a consultation what he said he said yeah he said I'm a natural born doctor <laughs> I don't care what he said about you what did he say about me I don't know "What he said. he said it's too much to expect for me to have to do everything again with you I don't want to hear about see, you. you're wearing checks I'm wearing white tell me what did he say about me to man in white the prescription is home under certain conditions what conditions? that we hire somebody to do for you all the things I've always done for you you're going to hire a professional pest?
4: <laughs>
0: we're going to hire you a nanny <laughs>
1: So, Doctor Gordon is played by the great Kurt Conway. How about that, huh? Not we, a judge. <laughs> we previously saw as a judge in Murray the Fink and My Strife in Court. This is a third of his four appearances on the show. Now and they seem have,
2: his fourth one is coming up at the end of this season, just like he, some four or five episodes later, as a ju- again a judge.
1: Yeah, they seem to know each other somehow, Felix and Doctor Gordon. I guess I don't know how. Right, he
2: says Unger, Right, he's right. uh, you now. It's clear to me, I mean, I love that they put, I love Kirk Conway. So any reason to put him in the show is great, even if it's nonsensical, but it's clear to me, he is basically playing Dr. Melnitz, right?
1: Yeah.
2: That this is the Dr. Melnitz role. And I don't know what happened to the other guy. It's such a shame that they. Well, Bill Quinn
1: at this point, he was now, he was on Archie Bunker's place. So I don't know, maybe he was busy. I prefer Kirk Conway to Bill Quinn.
2: Well, that's, uh, you know, I, don't feel a need to, to, to favor one or the other, but he certainly uh, plays the role just as well, if not better, yeah. Um, but for continuity, it would have been nice to have Dr. Melnitz. But, but he's a little funnier. Yeah, Dr. Melnitz, uh, Bill Quinn was so deadpan and uh, Kurt Conway is having fun with this. Uh, by the way, since we're talking about Kurt Conway, Kurt Conway really was a member of the actor Studio and the group theater and really must did know Bobby Lewis. So how's that for?
1: And we're both calling him Kurt because I feel like I know him as well as you do, in this exactly. case.
2: Exactly. Not, uh, although his uh, his born name was apparently Charles, uh, uh, Kurt Conway. The, and uh, yes. I did not know two things. I don't think I'm not sure we mentioned about Kurt Conway before. Uh, But as one of our Facebook followers, I think, brought to our attention, and I've been reading about this, he was actually a very highly regarded acting teacher and acting coach in the 50s and 60s, who Klugman studied with. And so it might have been Klugman who brought him into the show. uh, And perhaps they knew each other very well. And uh, the other really fascinating thing about Kirk Conway, I didn't know, is he was married to Kim Stanley great actress of the 50s also yeah. actor studio wasn't she an actor she in, one of his four wives
1: oh i did not know that so arlene you know. sinclair plays the nurse uh who only has one other credit on imdb much like marlene bar which is for a 1974 b movie called the manhandlers what if arlene sinclair is marlene bar now that's a theory We have a next scene. We have a new scene, which is a close up on the living room windows from the outside. So, no shot of the San Remo. This is of their apartment. The doorbell rings, and at the door is a small older woman. So, Felix has opened the door and she introduces herself as Mrs. Miller and says that the agency sent her about the housekeeper position and to take care of a sick boy. She's played by Janet Brandt. She has a small list of sporadic acting credits that started in 1955. Uh, the most stable thing she had was eight episodes of Dynasty when it was particularly popular in 1984 as Mrs. Gordon. She calls Felix Boychick.
2: Yes, one of the few explicit Yiddish <laughs> words used in the outcome.
1: And says he doesn't look good. And he puts her hand on his forehead and says it's a little warm. Felix tries to tell her he is not the sick one. But she says it's not surprising he's sick because he is all skin and bones. Hmm. He finally gets to tell her that it is his roommate who is sick, and she asks if he is skin and bones too. Felix looks at her resume, which is written on a large index card that she has handed to him. He sees that she is currently employed in a pet shop. He asks her in what capacity. She says she feeds animals and cleans up after them. And now we're going to play six minutes of the show because wow. it is, really? yeah it's a great this is this the whole uh
2: you know scene. i have a feeling this was less familiar to me especially this scene you just the, the dialogue you just summarized with mrs miller when the when the contestants on the the nanny yeah that's what we're playing oh, I, yeah i think that was cut during syndication because i didn't remember that as well and i remembered it starting with find the filth so oh i'm kind of that so
1: that makes sense i'm curious if others would confirm that all right here we go
5: I feed animals and clean up
0: after them. I'll be right at home with Mr. Madison.
5: Excuse
0: me, Mrs. Miller.
4: Hi, the agency sent me
5: over. My name is Hanagi.
0: Hello. Come in, Miss Hanagi. Uh, Sit down. Um, This is... This is Mrs. Miller.
5: How do you how do? You do? <laughs> Call me Fanny.
0: What's with the doorbell ringing Saturday morning? A sick man, can't get any sleep. What is going on? ladies. Ladies, I'd like you to meet Mr. Madison. This is Mrs. Miller. Oh,
5: this is the sick one. Oh, you look terrible, boy, chief He's binding up. You should go right back to bed, darling.
0: Oscar, this is Miss Hanagi. How do you do? How do you do?
3: <laughs>
0: yes. Can I talk to you for a minute alone in the kitchen? Yes. Shoot me, ladies. Please. Get the feel of the place, ladies. Talk to each other. Sit down.
5: Tell me, sweetheart. How do you make those radios so small? <laughs>
0: those women? I told you I'm hiring a nanny for you.
4: Oh. In that
0: case, I'll take the cute oriental in column A. Forget column B. Equal opportunity employers, we do not discriminate because of cute. This is okay. the Oscar Madison blech test. What are you uh, doing? Now, uh, smear the icebox. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> put this up on top. My mother says they never clean on top. It's very good. Now, wash your hands. Throw the cigar on the floor. When you're finished, dry your hands on the curtain the way you usually do. That's <laughs> Miller,
5: will you come in, please? Here I am, Johnny on the spot.
0: Now, Mrs. Miller, look around you. This kitchen looks the way it usually does after Mr. Madison's been in it for two minutes. Now, Mrs. Miller, find the filth.
5: In other words, what is wrong with this picture? What's wrong with this picture? And we have ketchup on the icebox, which we we'll and on the end of the icebox, and on top!
4: And here we
5: have a cigar on the floor, and we'll pick it up
0: and throw it in. that good? Very, very good, <laughs> Mrs. Miller.
5: Oh, boys, I tell you, it would be a great pleasure to work in a house where such a clean, good boy lives, Mr. Long. And you, my darling, you would be the sloppy son I never had. Thank you, Mrs.
4: Miller.
0: Now sit down. We'll be with you in a moment. Just take your time.
5: Okay.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
4: Is that a real pro?
0: Yeah, for cleaning. Yeah. Equal opportunity. Okay. Mess up the kitchen again, exactly. This oh, is the most thing I've in my life.
4: I'm telling you.
0: All right, Miss Can- Can- Hanagi. Now look around you now, assuming you work for us. Find the filth. I want Miss Hanogi and that's it. This is not the dating game. (laughs) Then we gotta find somebody we both want. There must be someone in this world who's a perfect nanny for you.
3: It's over.
5: (laughs) Mr. Oscar Madison? Yeah, what can I do for you? I'm your new housekeeper, Claire Frost. New Jersey. First thing you can do for me is take your feet off the coffee table. You're my nanny? Mr. Unger met me at the employment agency this morning. Hired me on the spot. Made a great impression on me. Yeah,
3: well, he makes a great impression on
5: everybody. Oh, that robe. When was the last time it was washed? I
0: don't know. I think it was the ali frazier fight. (laughs)
5: Take it off, and I'll boil it. Oh, Miss Frost. Ms. Miss
0: Frost. I don't think this arrangement is going to work.
5: Mr. Unger hired me, and he's the only one who can fire me. So give me that robe. Cigar? No more. Say goodbye to the cigar. (laughs) Bye bye, cigar. <laughs> now I'll get your breakfast. I'm on a bland ice. I'll have corned beef hash and a couple of fried eggs, okay? <laughs> That's funny. You'll have milk toast and a large bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> now, where can I freshen up? Down the hall, first door to your Right.
1: The Ollie Frazier fight would have been 1971. So, like, three Two years, years isn't bad. Three years before this.
2: I always i remembered that line. When I saw it coming, I just remembered Ali Frazier fight. That is so hilarious. Uh,
1: Milk toast, which we normally think of as referring to someone who's meek, is hot, usually buttered toast served in hot milk and sweetened with sugar. Sounds terrible.
2: (laughs) So What he's saying about corned beef hash with milk toast is definitely not something you'd recommend to someone on some kind of diet.
1: No. Uh, Miss Hanogi is played by Moma Yashima. She was on a large number of series, Beverly Hillbillies, Ironside, Quincy, MASH, Voyagers, V, Street Hawk, ER, and she was also in Star Trek motion picture. Claire Frost is perfectly cast mm-hmm. with Retta Shaw, who did plenty of TV in the 50s through 70s. She's most known, although this show didn't syndicate very well, for appearing on all 50 episodes of Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Which Hope Lang, she was the housekeeper. She's also a cook in Mary Poppins, which maybe she's more famous for because more people probably see Mary Poppins. So she has a long history of playing domestics, if you will. And of course, there is a reference to Mary Poppins coming up yes. later in the show, which I have a feeling was not well, even it may have been coincidence, but it was probably noticed by the, you know, the set, the crew, mm-hmm. the crew and the cast. She also was the secretary in the original cast of the Pajama Game on Broadway and on screen. Hmm.
2: Um, I, I feel that someone must point out the regrettable Asian stereotypes.
1: Yes, yes. The radio uh, and the Oriental compounded.
2: Right. It's like first, it's like she makes the little "you're Japanese, so you make small radios" joke, and then so I go, "Uh," and then he, Oscar has to come in with the Oriental on, "Uh." so but at
1: the time oriental i don't know that was considered it it was not
2: as it was just beginning to be disfavored um but uh the yeah i I, it's so funny like of that era i remember you get so many jokes about japanese and technology i mean it was the the market was being with these products uh but um it's just weird
1: it, it, yeah, between this and the, the Pamarita episode, you know, it, it, all the, all the Asian-American portrayals in right. the show, which aren't vast. And also there's the one where Felix delivers the baby. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it all feels a little uh, uncomfortable today. Now the telephone rings. Oscar picks it up and says hello to Felix, who we don't hear or see. He tells her that she is here, referring to Claire Frost. He says she's in Felix's room. Which leads to this audible gag.
4: No, she's in my room.
1: <laughs> Which is a funny <laughs> gag. Yeah. Um, he now we are a new scene. Oscar is sitting on a dining room chair looking very uncomfortable. He's watching TV. He's in yellow pajamas. There are sheets covering the couches and the chairs in the back. We hear the audio from the TV sounds like a very stereotypical cowboys and Indian movie. Something that you see when people would watch TV in the 60s or 70s, they always seem yeah. to be watching some western that I well, guess Bonanza
2: was very popular. I, I know, suppose. but
1: Bonanza doesn't sound like that, so I no, think they're watching like John <laughs> There's Wayne. There's no movie.
2: dialogue, right? It's just pure. Yeah. Uh,
1: audio. Yeah. it's indian calling <laughs> speaking of stereotypes it's a lot yeah, of indian right, right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. then, yeah. and then and yeah. then pistol firing and it sounds like some i don't know john it has Wayne to movie. be it's
2: like stock audio footage, yes
1: it's yes kind of, right. exactly uh or if they showed it they'd be stock video footage yeah. as well mm-hmm. uh now claire frost comes out of the kitchen holding a bucket and tells oscar not to slouch so he sits up straighter Felix walks in in his yellow Curious George rain jacket. Yeah, it's quite yellow. He looks around and asks, How come the white sheets? And Oscar responds, and we hear that and the scene.
3: We just had a clan meeting. Guess who shampooed the furniture? The hunger
0: Instinct strikes again.
3: Right to the heart of fun.
0: But <laughs> when you said you were going to give me a nanny, be a nice sweet little lady with little red cheeks, you have an umbrella, little, little super-califragilisticex. Instead, I got the beast of Bayonne. Don't slip your suit. Don't slouch, it up straight. I like
4: her. <laughs>
0: She's Miss Wright. Miss Wright. Where is she? Disinfecting the bathroom. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And does your bathroom need it? Not my bathroom. She's disinfecting your bathroom. How come? She boiled my room. still wet. I can't use it until tomorrow.
4: Good
5: evening, Mr. Unger. Have I got a sparkling and twinkling bathroom for you? I
0: heard, I heard. Oh, oh boy she's a treasure what treasure you know what she's going to do she's going to shampoo the rugs she's pure gold, ghost don't you understand if she shampoos the rugs you're going to have to fly me around this apartment like peter pan <laughs> now, i want to get rid of her no siree not on your life you agreed to abide by my decision and you agreed you were going to try to help my else it has been acting up ever since she's been here phoenix don't you feel the tension in this apartment since frosty the snow woman got here <laughs> The tension is in your imagination. No, it's not. The tension is in my stomach. We're lucky to have her, don't you know that? I'm keeping out of your way. I'm going out tonight with Miriam for dinner. What are you going to do? It's a great football game. What I'd like to watch.
5: Drop that. (laughs) What do you think? you're doing, Mr. Unger? I was just seasoning the soup. It's a little bland. Well, we're treating an ulcer here.
0: You're right. You're right. Right. Mm. Mm. It's perfect. And
5: I don't think it's the cleanest thing in the world to put the spoon back in the pot after it's been in your mouth.
0: You're right. I always do that. I never
5: think Well, I... that's my job. That's what you hired me for. That's right. That's right. Now you go and you have a nice evening. Take but off. But when you come home, be sure you step on the papers because I'm going to shampoo the rug.
0: Oh, about that. I wonder if that could wait till tomorrow. You see, Mr. Madison's a sports writer, and he wants to watch the football game on TV tonight. Uh,
5: Mr. Unger, who's the housekeeper here, you or me?
0: Well, you are, of course, but Mr. Madison's the patient, and I guess we'll just, we'll have to humor him.
5: I'm not Soupy Sales, and this is not the comedy hour. You do have a
0: way of filling a room with tension, don't you? Uh, Mr.
5: Unger, I know your type. You want to be light but in my job, you can't be soft. You have to wield an iron mop.
0: Miss Frost, I am no powder puff. Appearances to the contrary notwithstanding. He's going to watch the ball game. I'm putting my foot down.
5: Do you think you're any match for me?
4: No, but I'm,
0: I'm putting my foot down.
5: When I left the army, I made a promise to myself. I said, Frosty, there can only be one top kick in any outfit, and that's me.
0: I was a lieutenant in the army.
5: I was a colonel.
0: Talk about your temperamental clean freak. So long, Felix. Where are you going? Back to the hospital. No, no, no. Stay in your own home. Enjoy it. I got rid of the jailer. I know, and I appreciate it, but the warden is still he. You're right. Go on, go on. I guess you're right, huh? I'll I only upset you. I'll, I'll take you down there. No, you don't have to. I'll get a cat. No, no, I'll get a cat No, the me get the cat.
1: Let, Let me do it. You do i not get the cat,
4: Don't
0: worry about anything. I'll be over there first thing in the morning. Time to shampoo
4: the rugs.
1: I don't understand why does Claire Frost boiling Oscar's room, whatever that means, lead to her disinfecting her Felix's ba- the, bathroom. Don't know. Okay. And then I always tell it may that not
2: be a connection, may not have to be a connection. He, he just it does, it's misleading. He
1: he says, Why he, is she cleaning my bathroom? And he says, because oh. she's boiled my room. I mean, that's his answer.
2: Which doesn't say anything about Oscar's bathroom.
1: Exactly. Unless he meant boiling my bathroom. Uh, well, it still doesn't uh, answer why he's disinfecting hers. So I I, I, I assumed thought... he when
2: he says the key to me is when he says I can't use did he say I can't use it? Use I can't go what? in there. The, no. says, She's boiling my room.
1: My room, yeah. Right.
2: Because the implication is I thought I thought um, he couldn't go into his room because yeah. she had boiled it. yes. But it, in fact, it might make more sense if he got the line wrong and, and he really did mean bathroom.
1: Yes, if he got the line wrong. Yeah. yeah. By the way, there was a lot of feedback last week to our whole thing about the temperature contest. Yes, Facebook, there was. <laughs> where everyone was saying they all sued yeah. it was a high temperature contest, but they admit that maybe Jack Klugman read the line wrong. So maybe he did that here too. Um, they
2: sometimes missed their lines. Yeah. Also,
1: I always found that last joke about this would be a perfect time to shampoo the rug which is obviously saying he's going to do what she was going to do i don't know i always felt that was like not that clever a line
2: oh well it's maybe not clever but it's it's so felix i mean it's it's very funny
1: i know i just wish she had referred to something she just said she was going to do something about that bugs me i don't know why
2: really i like it because even though he's just been <laughs> it's, it's insulted by her and and uh beaten up by her verbally he suddenly gets all perky it's like wow this would be fun and like, why not? It's all per- ready to be shampooed.
1: But he doesn't, so, he know. does another tone thing. He doesn't say it referring yeah. to the fact she just said it, which is probably part of the joke. I just never, it's, it is the best scene of the episode. And he and Greta are, yes. Yes. He, and well, Greta are great he together. does
2: kind of, um, acknowledge i guess the setup was that she was going she has it all the sheets and everything ready for it and he almost like claims it as his idea exactly
1: and right. i i don't know for me I it just, it's doesn't it's also well. very felix it's the button on that scene does not work for me although i think it's the best scene in the episode yeah. and it's great i wish he and her had more screen time on screen together well it's
2: interesting i was surprised at how little she's in it right yeah. she's the whole feature the whole uh, uh you know, the attraction of the episode and what you remember from it, but it takes half the episode even to get to the nannies. And then by the time frost comes on, she's in it for less than five minutes. I
1: think. Now, again, there's a honeymooners episode that has the mm. same premise. Oh, I forget that. where, yes. Uh, Alice is Alice goes back to work because. Uh, uh, Ralph is laid off. I can't remember the setup now, but they hire a maid. Hmm. And it's a woman just like cut out mm. of the same cloth as Redishaw. So
2: And that's the joke that she bosses. If she right
1: bosses around, him around. Yeah. She doesn't do anything he wants. He has right. a bell. He mm. wants her to let Ed in or cook for Ed. And, and then she ultimately quits. And then Ed hires her.
2: So maybe Marlene Barr is the pseudonym of an old Honeymooners writer. Could be. Or there is no, maybe they just stole the script. <laughs> we well the script they slapped maybe there is no marlene bar and they just made up that name to put a name the on.
1: rest of the episode is not equivalent okay. to the okay honeymoon but i have to believe that the writers of well, the the, the staff right yes or the writer <laughs> or the or maybe that's why that, that they did yeah. feel like they stole the second half of it yeah. uh from hunting right. a little bit um I, do you have anything more to say about scene otherwise i'll talk about the tag beast of bayonne great line uh probably
2: the only reason they have her be from bayonne like she makes a point of saying i'm from
1: (laughs) there's a tag that says that felix is in the kitchen Oscar's standing on the other side of the kitchen leaning on the counter felix says i hope you learned a lesson oscar says i did felix says you are what you eat you know oscar says i know that what are we having for dinner and felix says rump roast
2: and gives a little
1: and the audience laughs loudly oscar starts to laugh and felix winks at him and smiles
2: That's got to be like the shortest tag, I think, in the whole series.
1: It also, in in
2: addition to being lame.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a little lame. I like the wink. I like that they like. But at least it was short.
2: Yes, at least. It's
1: rare on sitcoms. And this is Mm -hmm. one of the reasons I love uh, Desi Arnaz's performance in I Love Lucy. It's very rare on sitcoms, especially most sitcoms, for the characters to laugh with each other. Yeah. Usually they're laughing at each other or the audience is laughing at something that's happening that the characters don't realize is funny because they're in it uh Nez used to laugh at things when he was in a good mood the character of ricky or when ricky was in a bad mood he wouldn't laugh so he was really nuanced and i like that they are laughing at a joke together because it doesn't happen a lot on the show that's true it's a moment Uh, of levity it is a lot of and and bonding yeah i like the episode a lot it's fun it's funny. he has a lot of good energy and i think the audience laughing helps that I think you feel the energy mm-hmm. of the show yeah. because the audience is so into it. Maybe a yeah. little too into it, but still it works. So I give it four out of five, Maurice.
2: Um, I don't like it quite as much. Uh, I think it's a good episode, solid episode, um, but I'm leaning more toward a three just because, uh, you know, there's, some great, there's some, some great jokes, some great bits, but it's not. First of all, look, we've done the Ulster story several times right yes that's true (laughs) so it's yet another retread of the uh, it's almost like they're running out of ideas like let's have oscar's ulcer again be a story because it's kind of leads to the fat farm it leads to the season one is all about his ulcer deals, and in a way for the as i said for the first half of this episode it's just that again like they don't the nanny thing i'm curious like what the genesis it's called made for each other and we think about and frost uh, miss frost is the uh, centerpiece but it's almost like a afterthought it's like let's start with the ulcer story and then halfway through they make it about the nanny uh so that feels a little haphazard um so i don't know uh I, but i gotta love kirk conway uh gotta love uh miss frost what's her name reda shaw
1: reda r-e-t-a uh,
2: sorry yeah uh Ollie-Fraser fight. Are you, talk-
1: are you talking oh. yourself into a different number? <laughs> it sounds like you are.
2: No, I'll stay with three.
1: Okay. Uh, all right. Well, that's our coverage of Made for Each Other. If you have feedback, uh, please send us at uh, 1049pod at gmail.com. Uh, if you like the show, uh, it would be great to have a, a five-star review on iTunes. As even if it's just for our egos we got another one recently so it's nice to see but it, i think it helps kind of generate interest in the show uh and garrett you have cheese on your nose uh.